Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to Convert Central. I'm Kevin Sidik Lim, the host of Convert Central, and I'd like to welcome you to Season 3 of Convert Central. Our podcast focuses on the challenges that Muslim converts face along their conversion journey to help Muslims from all backgrounds to find a strong foothold in Islam. Follow our Instagram and LinkedIn page at Convert Central, and I look forward to sharing with you all the beneficial series we plan for the year. For now, I'd like to welcome you to Season 3 of Convert Central. Welcome back to Convert Central. So Alhamdulillah, Today, our guest speaker is someone that no one is a stranger to. You know, if, if you're a convert in Singapore, you've probably heard of this brother. And uh, I'm so blessed and happy to invite brother Harold Cha. And uh, his Muslim name is uh, Firdaus on, on our podcast to share about his favorite du'a. So before we talk about his favorite du'a, I'll just get him to share a little bit of his story and share with us some plans on his YouTube channel and, and what, what does he have planned for us in Ramadan. And then inshallah, we'll go to his favorite du'a. So please, brother Firdaus, please share with us your story. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you so much, Convert Central, for this invitation. I'm very uh, happy that to see so many um, reverts also here on this uh, Convert Central. And um, yeah, so a quick introduce myself. Um, I'm Harold. I'm 34 this year. I, I was previously born a Catholic. During that time, um, I used to go to church. I used to play in a church band or so. Um, but somewhere around... 18 or 20 years old after uh, army that's when I to go overseas uh, to study and where I pursue my degree in Australia in Australia that's when I took up a course also on philosophy and that's where I deconstructed my own religion and found out that I don't really believe what I used to believe and that was when I also became an atheist and I thought that, you know, just if I could attract positivity in, into my life and I could make everyone around me happy, I could die a happy person, you know. But that's not true because at the end, somewhere in between my study, uh, my mom actually called me and said that grandma passed away. So that's when I started to think to myself that, you know, if I was in control of my own destiny, if I was the center of the universe, uh, why can't I control death? Something that, you know, that's really out of everyone's control. And that got me thinking that there must be a supreme being, a God that uh, is in charge of that. And then that's when I start to think, okay, I want to be an agnostic, but not no religion is going to tell me who to follow them, you know, because I thought all religions were man-made. Um, so I continued living a happy YOLO life, but just that now I have a God, but just didn't want a religion to tell me who that God is. Um, I went back to Singapore after my studies and I was, I met my, that's where I met my wife, current wife now. Um, she was my colleague and she's also a Malay. Um, but she, she, when I first met her and, you know, when we started to develop feelings for each other, I said to her that we, our relationship is not going to go any further because uh, she's a Muslim and I'm a YOLO guy. <laughs> so it's like we have two different philosophies in life and, I don't think we can, you know, go any further than that. So she said, why don't you give Islam a chance? Um, go and find out about it before you, you know, you think you know everything about it. So why don't you go to Darul Akam and, and do, do that research on your own? So, okay, I went to Darul Akam and I said to her, you know, I'm going to really ask philosophical questions to the Ustad and if he cannot answer me, you know, that's it. I'm not going to follow Islam. He said, yeah, sure, go and ask him anything you want. Write down all your questions you need, you know. So she's quite confident that um, the Ustad would be able to answer all my questions. 
but uh, it was not until when Ramadan was uh, came and I said, okay, since you know Ramadan is here, I should really give myself a chance to fast to see whether I can do this if I want to be a Muslim. Thirty days later, I managed to do it. Alhamdulillah. So I surprised myself. Um, somewhere around the last week of the month of Ramadan, I had a dream and I dreamt that I was walking in the hallway towards a guy. Uh, who was really friendly and welcoming. I don't know who he is. I, I hope it was the prophet. <laughs> I don't know who he is at the time. I was walking towards him and he said to me, brother, when are you going to be part of the family? So that shook me and I woke up and I thought, this must be a coincidence. I was still being stubborn. Um, and I then had the same dream again. And I thought, okay, maybe God is asking me to take action now to really ask him, for some signs, you know. So I took the, the Bible and the Quran, put it on both my uh, my side of the bed, and I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm sorry, God, but I'm going to test you. Uh, I, I need some real proof to, to, to know that you are here. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to flip the Bible three times, and whichever verse that my eyes set upon, it has to be straight up, crystal clear, this is the truth, follow me, or something. You know, be very clear that this is the religion to follow. I'm also going to do the same for the Quran, give it three, three chance. And um, so I took the Bible first since I was first a uh, Christian and took the Bible and flipped it, brought me nowhere. Why I say that? Because you know how the Bible is, is, uh, is made, is basically there are many versions to it, many different interpretations to it. And you can't just read one passage and kind of get the whole picture. You have to read a few passages in between and... It got me nowhere. I just got more confused or either that, you know, it's not a very clear answer for me. Yeah. And I think God with his power could do something better than that. So three tries, the Bible didn't make any sense, put down and said, okay, now I'm going to give the Quran a chance. I took the Quran and I flipped. And the first thing that I saw was, uh, woe unto the disbelievers. This is the truth from your Lord. And uh, afterwards, I closed the, the, the Quran. I think this is still a coincidence. You know, I still didn't want to believe that God was actually now communicating directly to me. And so the second time I opened was a different chapter and different verse altogether. And it says, uh, have I not shown you the signs in the world that you still question that this is your Lord? And that hit me really hard because it was like the verse was continuously talking to me, even though they were different chapters from the Quran, you know, and I, I immediately felt a, a feeling of fear and also happiness and comfort. So it was a very emotional moment at that point. Uh, and uh, I just say, you know, I'm sorry for testing you, God. Thank you for showing me the way. And now that you have shown me the way, there's no reason for me to deny your existence and that you are telling me to follow this religion. And so that's when I called Darul Akam and said, I want to be a Muslim. And a month later from that day, I took my shahada. So that's a summary of the the whole process, how I became Muslim in 2014, 2nd of November. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. So like what brother uh, Harold shared, if you guys are interested to listen to his full story, you can head up to his YouTube channel. His YouTube channel's name is Sherald, S-H-A-H-E-R-A-L-D. I think uh, your, your story is one that resonates with a lot of us uh, Muslims, uh, not just Chinese Muslims, you know, a lot of converts that come into Islam, we fall in love with the Quran. 
you know the uh, the, the very first time we listen to the Quran many uh, some of us we tear and we want to you know become muslim from there the others we find reason in the Quran we find logic in the Quran you know and and the rest we you know we find truth in the Quran thank you so much for sharing your story and uh, i i i know that uh, the dua that we are going to share today is also from the Quran so yeah. uh, maybe uh, brother fadaus you can recite the dua for us that that you know we can obtain from the Quran and then we go and talk about the dua uh, before we go into talking about Ramadan inshallah A'udzu billahi minasy syaithanir rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Wa minhum may yaqulu rabbana atina fid dunya hasanatan wa fil akhirati hasanatan wa qina azaban nar Rabbana atina fid dunya hasanatan wa fil akhirati hasanatan wa qina azaban nar Rabbana atina fid dunya hasanatan wa fil akhirati hasanatan wa qina azaban nar Alhamdulillah okay and uh, perhaps you you, you want to share with us the translation of that dua So it's saying, uh, be, uh, dear Lord, you know, please grant us the goodness of this world and also in the hereafter and protect us and save us from the hellfire. Alhamdulillah. Okay, so uh, we will go into, uh, you know, some of the meaning of the dua and in the context of the dua before we ask uh, Brother Fadaus what the dua means to him. Uh, actually, I think this is a dua that many of us learn, the first few du'as that we learn in our lives. I, I think uh, the version that is recited in, in at masjids themselves, they will recite Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina azabannar. Uh, like what Brother Fadaus shared with us, it just means uh, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. Oh Lord, uh, please give us goodness in this world wa fil akhirati hasana and goodness in the hereafter wa qina azabannar and protect us from the punishment of the fire. So this is a very interesting uh, dua and it's a very interesting ayat in the Quran because uh, right, right before that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, he also shares a group of people that also makes dua to him. But the way that they make dua to him is that they only include the Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. So he says that there is a group of people who beseech him and ask for goodness in this life and they will get nothing. And then he offers an alternative. Among them is he who says, and uh, scholars have also said that Uh, when Allah mentions he, uh, he means Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, who says, who asks for goodness in this life and the hereafter, and you know protect us from the punishment of the fire. So what uh, this would actually mean is that uh, many of us we just see, we just ask Allah, we ask our religions for goodness only for this life, but we forget that the the biggest goodness, the you know, the eternal goodness, is in the hereafter. And also, you know, if you flip it, and many of us Muslims, we sometimes we fall into the trap of asking for only. Seeking only for goodness in the hereafter, so or I'm gonna, uh, you know, disregard everything that I have in this life. I'm just gonna focus on all my ibadah, and then I just want goodness in the hereafter. But Allah says no, there must be a balance. You know, that's why He says you first ask for goodness in this life, and then you ask for goodness in the hereafter. And then next to show that you have belief in the hereafter, in in hell and heaven, you ask for protection from the punishment of the fire. Um, this is a reminder for all of us Muslims here to to have a balance in our lives, to know that goodness in this life also leads to the goodness in the hereafter, and to know that seeking for goodness in the hereafter will also make us motivated to strive for goodness in this life. So it's a very all-encompassing du'a. It's a very very beautiful du'a that I I think I learned myself when I went for Umrah in 2019, and 
I, from then on, I've, I've always loved reciting this du'a. One of the most uh, recited du'a in the life of the Prophet wasallam as well. So uh, with that, you know, this is just a snippet of what the du'a means. If you guys want to learn more, head down to your local masjids, head down to your local teachers and ustas and ask them about the full meaning of the du'a. And uh, I'll pass my time now to Brother Ferdows to ask him, you know, what does this du'a really mean to him? And, you know, perhaps what, what he has learned from uh, reciting this du'a and learning from the context of the du'a. There's a few things that I that come to mind when I recite this du'a and when I read the, uh, the translation of it in English. Uh, one, I think, you know, we can always ask God for something. And you realize that when we ask God for something, um, for example, give me water, please, Lord, you know, give me oxygen to breathe. It's always a physical, okay, I'm giving this from a philosophical perspective. So like we are always asking for one dimension like what we see before us physically. And this, this du'a kind of goes through a few dimensions, which is what you see before you and what you know is going to come for you in the future, in the hereafter. And also reminding you about the punishment of the hellfire. Mm -hmm. So I think why it's beautiful is because, you know, we are asking for something that is not just what we see, but it's mm -hmm. very in-depth. Mm -hmm. uh, and therefore, in that sense, Allah kind of like, you know, you're being grateful for what you have now. Mm. And also, you're asking for his protection. So, mm. it's amazing that you have three lines and it kind of really covers everything, the whole, everything you know. Right. Um, uh, personally, why I think it's also a very beautiful du'a is because, you know, during COVID-19, a lot of people lose their jobs. Mm. Um, for me, previously, I also had no job. I was only driving Grab. For quite some time, actually, supporting my wife, and it mm. wasn't easy because you know, sometimes when you meet with an accident, you have to pay a lot of money for the repairs mm. and, and so on and so forth. And your, your, your income is not fixed, right? Because you just have to go out and find people to pick up. Mm. And it's almost like fishing, and you hope every day something is going to come you right. know, for, your, for your, your income. And I didn't understand at that point in time why am I going through this as a believer? Okay, like most people who say, I do my prayers, I do my fasting, I always strive to be a good person, I, I read the Quran, I do everything. But why God put me through this, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a test, like they say, it's a test. And also, it's also to test our patience to see how we um, respond to such a test. So, if we were to be hasty, we would just some people lose their faith or people will just look for other ways to fill up that, that unhappiness that they are going through. And what I come to understand is after the event, I keep asking God, Allah, to help me pull through this difficult time. And now I come to realize it's actually good for me <laughs> that, uh, right. that it happened. You know, One thing is I also tried to earn additional income by being a swimming instructor. Mm -hmm. And then I had reaction to chlorine. It's strange because I never had reaction to chlorine. I couldn't... I mean, I, to be an swimming instructor means you have to go through years of swimming, right? So right. I never had this problem. And, and I couldn't teach uh, children how to swim anymore. So I felt like that, there goes my another source of income. Right. And, and I still wonder why, why is God you know, putting me through all this, right? And now COVID-19 happened. And you see, I cannot even teach, right? Even COVID-19, how are you going to teach swimming? It's hard. Right. And... But he placed me in a better place now. So, like, you know, 
it's it's really like uh, when we ask when we do this doa when I do this doa it's it's also a reminder to to remember that you know to be grateful for the good and the bad times that happen to you knowing mm. that when you say this doa you're actually striving for the hereafter thank you so much for sharing your personal experiences so um, before we end the podcast I just want to get you to share on your first Ramadan like how, how it was for your first Ramadan and perhaps you know you can share some advice for you know our fellow listeners today before we end off the, the podcast inshallah so my very first Ramadan I was I was not a Muslim then um, so I'm from a perspective of a non-Muslim going through Ramadan uh, all I know is okay I'm, a kind, I'm the kind of person who, if I want to do something, then I should give my 100% because mm. uh, there's no point in doing things like, you know, halfway and expect, you know, to get the fullness of it. So uh, for me, I followed accordingly, but I also wasn't used to not eating for so long. So mm. when I broke fast, I ate a lot. Sort of like my body wanted to cover back what I lost, right? And so I did put on some weight after Ramadan. But it was quite an amazing feeling because during the first week, right, you just don't understand all this pain you're going through. So it's like going through physical training, like the physical way of cleansing yourself. I start to realize I can control more of my other desires. Like, right. like um, for example, you used to fried chicken, for example. Mm. And now, now, you know, it's Ramadan, you cannot eat, right? So you have to force yourself to, oh, I'm going without food during lunch. So, right. So, so you realize that you can actually overcome not eating fried chicken. <laughs> you know, <laughs> fried chicken during lunch, for example. Yeah. Also, you you realize that you have to control your temper. So it's not not like just food, right? We are feeding right, our right. what we consume in our ears and our thoughts as well. So, hmm. um, I realized that also when people are angry, I able to control my reaction. Also, I I don't respond so hastily. Also, become more calm as a person. Alhamdulillah, you know. Uh, this year it will be your first step with Ramadan with a with a young boy, so yeah. uh, it's it's something that is definitely challenging but extremely rewarding as well. So yeah. thank you so much for coming up to share with us your experiences, your advice, and and your doas. And uh, inshallah, I would like to ask the listeners of today to keep brother Firdaus in your doas and his family in your doas. You know, for them to have a blessed Ramadan, and Allah will accept our Ramadan and forgive our sins. So inshallah, we will end our podcast today by reciting Tasbih Kafara and Surah Al-Asr. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wal-Asr. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.